It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, a man with skin like a deep-fried turkey, and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey, Coach, I appreciate you joining me on this drive I'm taking. It's another Driving with Dan episode here on the podcast where I'm in my car and have a ways to go to where I'm uh, going to the campus that I'll be at later uh, today and just wanted to take the time and use that time wisely to talk to you about recruiting. So let me ask you a question, Coach. If you could get a 50% better response rate to your initial recruiting messages, no matter who the recruit was that you were sending at what skill level, area of the country, or anything like that, if you could increase your response rate by 50%, would you take the advice that I'm about to give and make the changes that I'll recommend making to get that response? Well, I hope the answer is yes, because I actually think 50% response might be a low estimate for the technique that I'm going to share today. Uh, we have found that it works, and I hope that you are willing to try it. It's going to be outside of your comfort zone just a little bit, but that's all right. It's good to try new things, and if it doesn't work, you can just go back to the way that you're doing it right now, but have to be honest, I think you're going to like the results. So this is actually tied to a bigger article that we did in the newsletter, the College Recruiting Weekly newsletter that goes out every Tuesday that hopefully you're getting in your inbox. And if not, you can go to dantutor.com and sign up for the newsletter. But when, uh, when we were putting together the article, this was one subsection that I thought was so important. I wanted to spend some time talking about it on the podcast. The name of the article, in case you're jumping into the podcast and you haven't read the article that it was in the newsletter and is on our blog, you can just go to our blog at dantutor.com and uh, just type in the, well, the, the name of the article, getting a prospect to reply to your first recruiting message. So if you look for that, you should be able to, to, uh, to pull up the original article where this podcast is linked and get all the advice. But what I wanted to focus on today was getting that response and, and some of the, the reasoning or the psychology that goes into some of the individual tips that we gave. And if you put them all together, why do they work? Why would my way work better than what you're doing currently? Well, I think you might be overthinking it for one, Coach, but we'll get into that, uh, that, that the reasons here in, in just a second. So I want to jump into four main categories of what's going to get a better response and really the, the keys to driving an early response rate uh, to that first message that you sent. Now, you know, in, 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 in putting this together, what I view as, as that initial message, it's happening throughout the year. So this doesn't have to go, uh, it's not something on, on the first possible day you can contact the athlete uh, this is the only time that it works because most coaches are recruiting throughout the year. Most coaches are are contacting new prospects throughout the year. Um, you might be contacting prospects that are uh, younger in age. You might be contacting prospects who are entering uh, the, the midpoint of their senior year. It doesn't matter. This all goes to what prompts a response, what triggers a reaction from a teenager 
today that that you can then use to to build a relationship. Now, the first thing that I'll say before we get into the tips, and I because I, I said a key word there that I want you to really focus on, is the word response. And this is something that we bring out many times in the workshops that we do. Uh, when I'm in front of an athletic department and we're on campus for two or three days teaching their staff how to recruit better, more effectively, and make some immediate changes that will uh, help their recruiting efforts. One of the things that I ask them or challenge them with is when you send out that initial letter or that initial email or even a phone call or text message, whatever it is, however that first contact is being done by you, what is the goal? And the reason I ask that question of staffs that I'm in front of is, you know, they'll, they'll sort of struggle with the answer sometimes. Um, they'll say, well, we want them to know about us or we want them to be interested in us. And yes, that's true. You want that to happen. But how do you know that that's happened? How do you, how do you have proof that that interest level is there or that at least they got the message and they, they know that it's you? Well, then they have to think through it and eventually somebody says, oh, we, we want a response. That would be evidence that we're going to uh, that we're going to be able to, to see it's tangible, and we're going to find out if it's uh, if they're interested. And they're right. A response is something that you want to see as a coach that gives you proof that that message that you just sent out is working. So I'm going to craft all of these tips, these four things that I'm going to talk to you about, in the category of this is meant to get a response. It is not meant in one message to completely sell your school, erase all the questions, and somehow trick them into showing up on campus in uh, August after their senior year. Not going to happen. Recruiting is a long, drawn-out process. There are many, many steps that you have to take a prospect and their family through in order to get them to the point where they commit and then show up uh, on campus. So this whole goal is focused on the beginning of the prospect of the process which is the response coach you have to get a response in order to have a relationship but what do most coaches do most coaches ignore the idea of a response and their immediate inclination is to sell sell hard and sell long and in a lot of detail and what we find is that most kids aren't ready for that right at the start. They don't want to know everything about you in that first message. And the argument that I make sometimes is that if we, if somehow we told them everything there was to know about you, and, and listen, many of you are very good at it. You're great writers. You can pack a lot into an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper, and you basically spill everything. You tell, tell them every highlight and bullet point of the campus and... Um, history of your program and it basically it's it's everything on a piece of paper or in an email uh, that they would want to link to click on read and absorb and I think coaches believe well I'm doing a good job I'm being proactive and I'm being uh, uh, just out front with who we are and why they should want to go there my feedback to you coach is that this generation of athletes if you go at them with this long, drawn-out, detail-oriented first message, there's going to be two things that happen. First of all, you're going to paralyze them because it's too much to take in. I mean, it would be too much for all of us to take in. Uh, In describing where we live or the colleges or uh, that we work at, if, 
you know, you, you put that out to a normal person and it's so much information, I'm, I'm not ready for it and I don't, truthfully, I don't care about it yet. And, and so I don't want you to do that right away. I want you to hold back. Uh, the other thing is that when you send out that long, drawn-out message, if they don't read through it, they don't know what to do at the end. And with a longer message, they're more apt to not read through it. So this is all about getting a response. And let's jump into the four tips. But I just wanted to sort of set this up so that you understand where I'm coming from. It's these years of research that we've been doing with athletes and finding out what they want in a response and how they react. And frankly, doing a little bit of experimentation in helping the clients that we work with to see what's going to work best for them. This is some of the core things that we would throw out to you as ideas to generate a much greater response in the messaging that that you put together. So the first thing that I will tell you to do, point number one in getting a better response, and I've actually already referred to it, is to make sure that response contains less information. Rather, make sure your initial reach out message contains less. Make it shorter. The shorter, the better. Less information about you, less information about your history and everything at the school, less information. Why? Because like I've talked about a minute ago, they don't care about you, coach. When you first reach out, they don't know anything about you. They don't know anybody on your team. They don't know who you are. They're not even quite sure, frankly, if uh, you're good enough for them. And I use my air quotes there when I say good enough. Of course you're good enough. But in their mind, maybe they have some other dream school or schools that they're focused on. And so to, to, uh, lessen themselves uh, in order to uh, to respond to you just wouldn't be something that they could even imagine doing. So I want you to, to talk less about you. I want you to be more direct and to uh, and to the point. And that that's something that that we find that works. It, it also it doesn't res- when you put a lot of information out there coach, it doesn't promote curiosity and that is so important. We asked them, uh, the, the, the classes of 2016 and 2017, uh, we asked them some core questions about what should a, what should a coach do, what, what are the different steps they, they should do when it comes to uh, laying out an overall message and slowly convincing you that they're the right school for you as a prospect. And these, these kids all over the country, all different sports, male, female, uh, they have come back with a set of core principles, is what I'll call them, for coaches to follow in order, the steps in order of what it is that uh, that that coaches need to do to basically form a relationship with them. This is another thing that we talk about in the workshop. So if we've been to your school, this will be a little bit of a review. But the, one, the first thing that they tell us that they want coaches to do and what coaches need to understand about what they need to do to get a prospect's attention is it's it the prospects would say coach it's your core responsibility to get us to pay attention that's job number one get us to pay attention okay well we know that if it's a shorter message versus a longer message that's going to probably promote getting their attention and and giving them the ability to quickly and effectively react to that message they're going to know what to react with because it's not jumbled up in a lot of words initially. Number two, 
and or is what I just mentioned that it, when not promoting curiosity, curiosity is essential for us. We actually don't want all the answers at the start. If you write that long, drawn-out email or letter to an athlete, you've essentially answered a lot of their questions or tied uh, loose ends together and connected point A to point B enough to where they can start making assumptions about you. And what I know is that a lot of times the assumptions aren't always positive. Sometimes the assumptions are are such that they're going to look negatively at you after they read your information. So for instance, in the letter, a lot of coaches, if you're at a smaller school, for example, you'll tout the small class size and a really tight-knit campus and 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 you know what the great thing is that it's a small personalized campus. Um, we know a lot of prospects would would read that and you're trying to be positive the spin that they would put on it with all the detail and beautiful language that you've given them the spin that they'll put it on it put on it is that that's small that means it's boring there there's nothing to do i don't want a boring school i want a fun school which might in their mind mean a bigger school now if you later on as you go through the process you can make the case slowly methodically systematically you can make the case that going to your smaller school is going to benefit them and actually be a better fit than that bigger school. But initially, coach, you might just be feeding into a lot of their negative perceptions, and I don't want you to do that. So by promoting curiosity, you get a better response. And how do we promote curiosity? Well, if you write less and give them less information, coach, aren't they going to have to get back to you with questions about where you're located? Who are you? What division level do you offer athletic scholarships? Hey, I'm interested in business. Do you have a business program? Now, so why wouldn't you just put that in the message initially to them to let them know? Because again, the goal is coach, you want the response. You don't want to give them information. The information will come throughout the process. You want to give them, uh, you want to get a response from them. Give them enough so that they know you're interested in them, but don't give them so much that they don't have to come back and ask questions of you. And when you write less, that's happening. Okay, so that's point number one. Make sure your messages contain less information and just are overall shorter. The other thing that I would want you to do that kids love, and they get a response, that uh, they respond to this. I'll, I'll back up a second. We as you know, work with clients. We'll work with individual college coaches and their programs to help them develop their messaging and their, their basically their storyline after uh, doing research with their program on, on what they should be talking about. And in our messages, I'm just going to give this away. One of the things that we do that is the core of how we write messages is my, my second point here. You have to ask a question. You need to give them the opportunity. You need to open that door for them to respond to you. And the best way to do that is by asking a question of them so that they know what to respond with. Sometimes, you know, I I read uh, first initial reach out messages from coaches and uh, they'll, they'll show me kind of what they've been sending out and why isn't this working, Dan? And somewhere towards the end of that message, an email or a letter will include the phrase that sounds something like, if you ever have any questions, please feel free to call me. Here's my office phone, blah, blah, blah. And they never get any calls. Why don't they get calls? You're opening yourself up. You're being professional, coach, right, in, in opening yourself up and saying you can call me and talk anytime. Well, we know it doesn't work because it's so broad and it's so open-ended 
that kids don't know what to do with it. When you ask a question, and it could be a very simple question, but when you ask a question, it, it, it gives them the permission to reply back with something they know isn't going to make them look stupid. Because when you believe it too broad, what we hear kids saying is that, well, I just didn't know what to ask, or I didn't know if he meant I should call now or later, or does he need to be more interested in me? There's, there's confusion. And we don't want confusion when it comes to your prospect. So when you ask a question, it gives them that opportunity to answer. Could be a simple question like, uh, you know, reply back, text me back, let me know that you got this letter so I got your address right. Or it could be uh, after uh, maybe later on explaining something about uh, a program that they might be interested in. A simple question at the end by saying, can you let me know if that sounds like something that you might be interested in? reply back to me. That's the type of question that you want. Anytime you ask a question, they're more apt to give you the answer. And that's really critical because it's a part of, again, what? Generating the response. By asking a question, if you think about it, you're really not selling your program or selling the school. What you're really doing is giving them the opportunity to reveal things about themselves that you can use in the recruiting process. And early on, that is really important if you take a strategic approach to recruiting. And uh, so that's what I want you to do. If at all possible, make sure that you're asking questions. Okay, that's the second point. Third thing that I want to go over to uh, with you today is when you're asking them to reply, or, or really when you're asking them for something in the process. It could be to send you a schedule or to get back to you so that uh, you can plan out possibly bringing them to campus, whatever it is, please use the word because. Now, there's another article that you can pull up on our blog that goes into a lot of detail about psychologically why this word is so powerful. Um, you can just type in, really, you can just type in the word because into the search box, and it's probably going to bring up uh, you know a couple of articles we've done on that topic. But when you insert the word because, after you ask a question or after you ask them for something. Could be come to campus, return my phone call, let's set up a time for me to come visit your house, whatever it is. When you insert the word because and then follow it up with your reason, what happens is that you give them the the powerful motivation to understand that there's something uh, beyond just you being curious. There's there's a, a, a heartfelt reason that you need this from them. And I want you to give them that as often as possible because sometimes, you know, if every coach out there that's recruiting them, including yourself, is asking them for things or asking them questions, but they're not setting themselves apart by asking because and giving them the reason that they need this or the reason that they want them to visit campus or the reason that they uh, want them to that they want them to send in their uh, their summer club schedule so you can come watch them at the gym. If you don't. If you don't um, give them that, it's going to be one less reason or one less motivation for them to to reply to you. So, for instance, this could sound like um, normally you might say, "Send me your your schedule for um, your, uh, your the tournaments that you're going to play in this summer." And if it just if that's a standalone sentence, then there's not really motivation a lot of the times for the prospect to do what you're asking them to do. But if you say that same sentence with the phrase, 
because I want to plan out my travel schedule for the recruits that we're, we really want. And you're on that list, and I want to make sure we hit your games uh, during the summer as well. Now you've given me a reasoning as to why it's so important, and you're probably going to see an increased response rate after doing that. So the word because is really powerful, and I want you to make sure and use that. Okay, so we've got we talked about the first three points so far. Write a lot less, make your messages shorter. Number two, make sure you're asking questions. Number three, use the word because and give them additional reasoning why you need what you need from them or just why you're doing what you're doing. The last point, point number four, in making sure that you get a, a, a earlier and a more, um, uh, a more powerful response from your prospect is ask for an action. Ask for an action from them. Now, you could, I gave you the example of the because about sending in their schedule for the summer because you want to come to their tournament. That could be an action. The action they're taking is sending you that schedule. Sometimes the action might be coming to campus. The action might be getting your parents, uh, get your parents to, to call me or text me so I can talk to them. Any kind of action is powerful because it initiates this momentum in the process that a lot of coaches Frankly, they give up the power. They, they don't ask for it. They never get it. And so other coaches leap ahead of them in the recruiting process. And, in, and what I want you to understand is that early on, these kids and their families are looking for evidence as best they can as to which prospects, I'm sorry, which coaches are interested in them as a prospect more than other coaches. Who, who's interested in us the most? And it goes to this core thing that if I'm a dad and and my son or my daughter is getting recruited by eight or nine different schools. I know, realistically, we can't go visit all eight or nine. And so I need to trim this thing down. And even the prospects feel pressure that I, I don't want to consider all of these choices. And I don't want all of these coaches contacting me um, every single night or sending me all this email and, and mail. After a while, you want to start narrowing down. Actually, it doesn't take very long, but we find very quickly they want to narrow their choices down. So one of the pieces of evidence that they're looking for is which coaches are taking action with them. So if you're a coach that's passive and your message is revolving around the idea that, uh, hey, here's all of our information and now I'm going to give it to you and hopefully that's enough, you get to uh, motivate you to respond, but I'm not going to press you for that response. You're going to lose to the coach that is doing some of the things that we're talking about here, and hopefully that's you after today. But the core of this is getting them to take action. When I, as a prospect, take action with one program, I look at the others and I compare what I'm doing with program A to programs B, C, D, E, and F, and I'm wondering why aren't they asking me to take action? Why do I feel less engaged with them than I do with program A. Well, it's because psychologically you've put them to work and they're feeling like they're important enough in your eyes that you need things from them and they look at the other programs and wonder why those programs don't need something from them. So that's the four-step plan, ending with make sure you get them to take action. That's the four-step plan though. And I want you to follow it and Listen to this podcast again. Read, just flip it back, rewind it, and, and make sure that these points are driven home. 
And most importantly, coach, look at the messaging that you're sending out now initially to a new prospect. Is it short? Are you asking questions? Is the word because in there at all? And what action are you asking them to take? Not suggesting or being open to an action like give me a call back or I want to answer questions, but really demanding action. If those things aren't included in your message, Coach, please take steps to change that right away. And and I think what you're going to find as a result is that you're going to get a much better response. And it's probably going to surprise you how much the upper-level kids you're recruiting will respond to this. And you'll blow away this myth that's out there that, well, these top kids don't ever respond to coaches. They don't want to return emails. They, they don't, you know, they just don't want to talk to us. No, they do, but they just need you to introduce the concept of that conversation the right way. I've given you some of the steps we find that are working. Take them, and if you have questions about it, or once you find success and you see a difference, I would love to hear back from you. My email is dan at dantutor.com. You can email me with any questions at any time. Myself and our staff are here to help. Um, You can go to dantutor.com for all sorts of free resources, including 15 years worth of research and articles and tips that we provide for free for coaches. And of course, if you want us on campus or you'd like to talk about becoming a client, we would love to have that conversation as well. And I guess I would be, uh, be remiss if I didn't use my own tactics in prompting you to do that. So I want you to do that. Because at the end of the day, if you do one of those two things or both of those two things, your recruiting is going to be through the roof better. We know that because when we come up with tips and strategies for a specific staff, it's all based on the research we do with your kids and it works. So I want you to do that because it's going to make your recruiting better and your life easier. So email me dan at dantutor.com if you have questions or you want to at least find out how that would look and what it would cost and and what the end results would be. I'll dangle that little piece of curiosity out for you. How about that? Hey, thanks for joining me on this drive. I'm almost to my destination, going to a college campus to visit some clients. And we uh, will look forward to having you join us on future podcasts here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. You can go back through our library of past episodes, lots of good stuff. And we have some terrific ones lined up that we're going to be bringing you uh, here in the near future. So keep listening. Tell your friends and coworkers at your college to subscribe. And we really hope the information helps, Coach. Have a great day. Be good out there. And thanks for listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. days that fly to thee we sing with our glasses raised on high let's drink a toast as each of us recalls ivy covered professors in ivy covered halls turn on the spigot pour the beer and swig it and gaudi amasig it a tour here
Here's two parties we tossed to the games that we lost. We shall claim that we won them someday. To the girls, young and sweet, to the spacious back seat of our roommate's beat up Chevrolet. To the beer and Benzedrine, to the way that the Dean tried so hard to be pals with us all. To excuses we fibbed, to the papers we cribbed, from the genius who lived down the hall. To the tables down at Maury's, wherever that may be. Let us drink a toast to all we love the best. We will sleep through all the lectures and cheat on the exams. And we'll pass and be forgotten with the rest. Oh, soon we'll be out amid the cold world's strife. Soon we'll be sliding down the razor blade of life. Ooh. But as we go our sordid separate ways, we shall ne'er forget thee. Thou golden college days. Hearts full of youth, hearts full of truth, six parts gin to one part vermouth. 